Hi everyone, it's Helen Joy Butler here, Home Energy Alchemist, Sanctuary Creator and Elemental Space Clearer. And welcome to this episode of Musings on Sanctuary and Spirituality. Today we have another amazing roundtable conversation with my friend Sherry Trentini and Darina Kors. If you are literally just joining us in this episode, there are three before this one where we sit together in circle and share all sorts of interesting musings, wisdom, ahas for you around creating sanctuary in your home and your body and your life. And in today's episode, we are going to attempt to bring this all together, but we've had a conversation in the green room prior and there's just so much else we want to share. So I can see this conversation continuing moving forward in some way, shape or form. So we'll obviously let you know what that looks like. But before we dive in, I'd just love to pass over to Darina just to do a really quick intro of her and, and how she shows up in the world with the beautiful work she does. Hi, I'm Darina. I'm also known as the Space Doula. I'm a feng shui and uh, energetic space clearer and I'm in the US. Beautiful. Thanks, Darina. Sherry? I'm Sherry, and I am a life and grief coach because grief is a part of life, and so I help people to let go of the heavy stuff so they can create space for some good stuff. Amazing. We all love good stuff. We all need good stuff, um, yes. and often it's the good stuff we don't really focus on or think about. So thanks, Sherry. So before we started this recording for this conversation we had so many interesting touch points that we wanted to talk about and I'm not sure we're actually going to get to them all in this episode and that's okay um, we will obviously circle back around if we need to in other episodes or we're looking at taking this as well along to Clubhouse if you're on there we'd love to have you join us but the, the premise that sits above all of this so creating sanctuary in your home, creating sanctuary in your body and creating sanctuary in your life. Perhaps that sounds like a pipe dream. Perhaps that sounds like something someone else can do. Perhaps it sounds like an interesting concept and you'll do a little bit today, but, but not really bother to, you know, continue or to move forward with it tomorrow. And what we really wanted to talk about today is this concept of how do we get to peace with all of this? Because we all know there's stuff goes on in our lives that make it challenging, make it difficult. Many of those things are external. Many of those things are internal. So how do we get to kind of this concept of peace within sanctuary, within our lives? And one thing we were talking about actually before we started as well was the separation between sanctuary on a practical level or in our personal lives but then also on a practical level in our professional lives and how they can sometimes feel disconnected so what we want to talk about before you know we kind of go too deeply is that pain or that tipping point which might lead you towards your own sanctuary journey so the question that we want to really sit with and talk about at this stage of the conversation is when does that pain of staying stuck become greater than the fear of taking action 
or the resistance that's holding you back. I think this is a really interesting one because I think this links beautifully to the concept of sanctuary on a practical level and sanctuary on an emotional level because I think it's those emotions that are holding us back and that fear that's holding us back. So really what we're asking there is, how do we step through the fear? Like, how do we recognize we are in a place where we need to create sanctuary in whatever part of our lives we're talking about here, whether it's small or big or anything in between? So I would like to hand it over. Drina, I hope you don't mind me passing this <laughs> straight ball straight to you. What are your thoughts? No, no, but I, I guess I don't mind. But I'm, what I'm thinking is that sometimes we don't recognize it. Like sometimes we, we are so shut down and I think culturally, um, particularly as women, that we are taught to endure a lot, that we take on a lot. And I know for me, it was just like a slow shutdown. And so that you, you become numb to what's going on and you don't feel it. So sometimes I think we, we miss that tipping point, right? So, you know, if, if we're on a... Um, did you ever like have the um, the teeter totters when you were little that you would like walk up them until it would like fall down the other side? I mean, that's not how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to just get, you know, one on each side, but when you're not like doing what you're supposed to do, it's like, but there's that point where all of a sudden it tips the other side. And I, I think sometimes we miss that center moment of balance and we just go down the other side. And as you were talking, I was thinking about um, my life a couple of decades ago when I miss that point. And I think when we miss it, life goes sideways. And for me, it was staying in a marriage that I was too afraid to get out of. I didn't have, um, I was a stay at home mom at the time. So I didn't, I had left my career. I had a newborn and a four-year-old. It was like, I, I didn't see the way out. And so I stuck in it and I stuck in it. And then it, it literally, um, excuse my mouth for a minute, but it, the shit hit the fan, right? Like everything imploded. And so I think when we miss it, things become so much harder to unravel and clean up as opposed. So for me now, I, I reference that point in my life a lot, but I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing it that way again, because it was the pain of it was so much harder than, uh, so for me, that's how I recognize that tipping point. I go back to that not to sit in the pain, but to remember, oh, if I don't, if I don't uh, muster the courage, if I don't um, take action on this now, it's the consequences are a lot worse. Mm. So that's that's my, you know, it's it's past, it's a past moment that reminds me to when. So now I feel, and I've done so much work and feeling and not shutting down. So it's like, I can feel when I'm up here, I'm like, oh, okay, now, now you need to take action, whether it's in the body or the home or, you know, like, and, and as we've talked about, they're all connected, but there is that signal that's like, oh, you need to take one of these actions and then it will connect to the others. I can, I can understand that concept in my own life so I'm really glad we call them seesaws here <laughs> they kind of go yeah. up and down <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's what other people call them as well but I can I can recognize that tipping point in my own life as well but I think the thing that was coming to me as you were talking to Darina is something in us knows that 
if we don't do something now, if we don't, you know, do the action or voice the thing or make the change, that it is going to do that. It is going to tip over and we're going to end up, you know, rollicking down the side of that mountain in a way that we hadn't even planned. But sometimes that doesn't come for, you know, while after, a year after, 10 years after, 20 years after, because when we're there and in it, it's really hard to perhaps face or see or want to see, want to own the truth of what that tipping point could bring. Because I'm sure anyone who's in a situation where there is a, you know, a relationship issue, a work issue, where that tipping point is looking pretty dire or pretty big, understands the pain that can come from that as well. And then it's experience, right? So it's experiencing knowing that you can say, okay, I made it through that. So taking that courageous action step because it can feel like we're full of fear. And so you know that there's peace on the other side because you've experienced it. So it's that like, okay, I can do this. I know I have that muscle memory now. Um, And so each time that for me, it gets shorter and shorter. The time in between feeling the pain and taking action on it where it was a really, really long time. And now it's pretty like, oh, there it is. Okay, let's, let's do something about it. Beautiful. Sherry, you got any thoughts? Um, I just uh, read Mastin Kipp's book. And I know I'm, I'm not quoting exactly, but uh, he talks in there about how when we resist or we are fearful about taking action, um, that the end result is our worst fear, right? So we're scared of taking that step because this could happen um, or it's not gonna work or all those things. So we don't do anything. And that is the exact result that we get in not doing. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword. So I'm thinking of the the teeter-totter, the seesaw as sometimes maybe we're just laying down on the seesaw, right? (laughs) Maybe the head's at the bottom, maybe the feet are close to the middle or likewise, and we just lay there. And so therefore we're not, you know, we're not creating any sort of movement. And that can be the difficult stuckness um, that do we get up? Do we walk to the center? Do we just continue to lay here? And until we have that, that why, I guess, why do we want, why do we want to stay here laying on the, on the teeter-totter um, or why do we want to get up and see what happens when we walk towards the middle? And that takes bravery, right? Yeah. Or it can. Because even if we think of that just as, you know, as children, if you put me on a, a seesaw, I would have just, you know, run up and down it and, you know, would have had a great merry old time, even though it's only quite a narrow, you know, board really. But if I went to do that now, I'd probably be terrified because I think I'm going to lose my balance or something, you know, as an adult, right? So there's this, this um, you know, as a child, I feel in hindsight, I was able to face my fears because my fears didn't feel anywhere near as big as what my fears 
are perhaps today. And I think we're always, no matter where we are on this sanctuary journey, and as I say that, I start to get a little bit tight in my chair, it's a little bit anxious, like, yeah, yeah, there's something there that Helen has to work through. Um, but I love, Darina, how you said that, you know, over time that gap's got smaller and you recognise it and that's such awareness and that's such a gift to then be able to, and we were talking before about this concept of a signpost, um, like a sanctuary signpost that says either slow down or stop going in that direction and hang a, you know, a left or a right or go in this other direction because it's this signpost to guide you through a life that hopefully isn't as stressful or fear-based or worrisome as what perhaps our head can make us, you know, feel it is. I love, I love how you talked about your, you know, the little girl who was just going to run up and down and play and it's like, oh, this feels good. Now let's go this way. And we lose that. And so that like the concept of bringing play into sanctuary to get us to get that movement going and to remember, like I was thinking about like skiing as a kid, like, you know, you could go fast because you didn't have as far to fall, you know, but then as an adult now I'm like, oh, heck no, I'm going to be so much more cautious. Um, but so it's bringing that play back in. So to remind us that the consequences, sometimes we make them, I think we make them seem so big. And are they? Well, it's because we right don't now. know, right? We don't know what the consequences are now. We, we play that through our mind and maybe that's societal conditioning because if this happens and that's going to happen or maybe it's fear or I don't know, maybe it's learned experience and we just know that we're on that same treadmill again, that we're just having to face this particular thing again. But this might so be... I, oh, oh, Sherry, go ahead. Um, so, Helen, as the, as the creator of the sanctuary journey, are you wanting or are you inviting people to um sort of tap into what they want to feel like and or you know what is the what is the overall feeling or what is the sort of the visceral connection that they have in order to um take the deep breath and 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 go up the slide or get up off the or sorry the the seesaw and, and keep going or to stop laying down things like that so are you are you inviting people to sort of what does what do you want your home to feel like or what is what do you want it to look like what is your what what perspective do you ask your your clients to to what vision mm. for them yeah beautiful question there's so much to sanctuary it's really interesting Sherry I had a conversation with another podcast lady recently and she's like I didn't realize there was so much I thought it was just create a beautiful room and we're done right <laughs> um, but it's, I saw this thing on Instagram the other day and it wasn't related to our work at all or energy work or anything but it said have the end point in mind and work back from that mm -hmm. and I actually thought about that in relation to sanctuary and I thought you know that could be helpful but I'm not actually a believer that I can create the end point and then once I'm there I'm done like I always think there's more to do, there's more to process, there's more to work through, there's more to learn, there's more to experience. And so, you know, I could be stripping away 
you know, whether it's those beliefs I've had or the clutter from my home or, you know, leave the job I don't like and start a new job and start to, you know, do that external sanctuary stuff. But for me, it's really an internal journey. And when I look at the sanctuary pyramid, which I know I showed you both really briefly, and I haven't shared this fully publicly at all, it's been a waiting process around it. But right at the top of that pyramid are four tenets. And I think this is what's really going to answer your question, Sherry. And it's that sanctuary is sacred. Sanctuary is deep self-awareness. Sanctuary is you at your core and at the core of everything you do. And sanctuary is your unique connection with the universe. So... We start with the sanctuary in the external. Let's think of the 80-20 rule, but let's make it more like (laughs) 99-1. So the 99 being the external, let's shift the external to start to create that shift in the internal so that eventually we, over time, have evolved so much on this sanctuary journey that the 80-20 rule is now the other way around and it's 99 in me and one on the outside. So we put so much energy and effort on the outside that it's created this shifts internally. And now we've got this shift internally. I, Helen, can nearly be anywhere if I choose and coming from a place of sanctuary. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Very much so. And I, I like how... I, I like to reverse engineer things. So that idea of having the, you know, standing at the finish line or otherwise, and then looking back, but it's more, it's not about so much as to what the finish line lo- looks like. It's what the finish, like, finish line feels like. And how can I hold on to that um, feeling and um, go, go to where I am in the present rather in the future and bring that feeling with me so that as I'm doing the things that I'm doing, whether it's today I was spring cleaning my cabinets and, you know, washing and cupboards and all of those things. And it can just be a very practical thing. I'm wiping the cupboard down and I'm, you know, washing the, the, the glassware that we haven't had a chance to, to use. But today I recall from Oh, I, I'm not even sure how many decades ago I had sort of learned this about that different connection with, you know, holding the glass and washing it and, you know, sort of infusing it with some energy because it's been pretty, you know, dark and dingy because of not being able to use the glassware for any special occasion and sort of bring that energy, um, infuse my things with my stuff while at the same time I'm also emptying out maybe some of the the dust and the and the things in my mind as I'm going through that process making it really intentional productive practically uh, productive but also emotional um you know thinking about when we can use these glasses again or you get what I you know talking about and then to me, that sort of makes that full circle to the, the universal part of it, 
because as I'm thinking and feeling and doing these things with attention and with love, the universe is getting that and supporting me as I'm doing that and providing more opportunities for, for me to feel that, that, that beautiful blending of, of energy and releasing of energy and bringing some new stuff in. Mm, beautiful. I wrote this post recently, went out to my mailing list, but also on social media. And it was about this concept of, because we'd just gone back into another lockdown for three days, like a snap lockdown. And it kind of sometimes feels like you come back full circle, but, you know, we're back here again. We're back here again. You know, we've come full circle. But I was suggesting that we actually are more on this spiral because we've we've got the learnings. And, you know, this is about anything in life. This is, isn't just necessarily about going back into a lockdown because of a global pandemic. This is like, well, I've had this experience. I'm now on this spiral. And it may feel like we've come back to where we were. Um, and even on our sanctuary journey, you might feel like, oh, I'm facing this same relationship thing again. I'm facing this same clutter issue again. I'm facing this same issue at work again. But we come to it with a, a greater awareness, a greater understanding of the experience. Maybe that's age. I don't know. Um, letting my silvers come through, so maybe that's what it is. I, don't I know. feel like it's when we're when we go through the experience consciously, then the next time it comes around, we do bring more awareness. But I think it's it's always staying the conscious piece of it. And I guess I've been. I don't know, hanging out in the playground. I mean, I have it, but maybe in my mind a lot. So I always think of this, I think of it as a spiral, but also when I think of the relationship between our homes and our lives and how, like, I feel like it's a, maybe this is American Ninja Warrior. I don't know if you guys have seen that, you know, but so it's like, you know, if you're on a door jam and you're like, you put your foot here and then you got to go here and then you go like, you're like jimmying up and and so that's how I think with our homes, like we raise the, the uh, vibration of our homes and that raises our vibration. And then once our vibration is higher, we have to raise a vibration of our home. And it's just this up and up and up, um, yeah. which does make the spiral, but it's one informs the other and one nudges the up higher and higher. And so it's never, I don't know that we're ever done. I just had no. a conversation with somebody the other day. I'm like, Never because done. I had, I have, a, um, I think I can say this here. I spent four decades working on my relationship with my dad. And before he passed, we really, you know, I had that moment of healing and, and now there's my mom and I'm like, oh, really? Now I've got to do, I don't have 40 more years, you know? So I'm like, okay, here's the next lesson. It's fast. You've got the lens. Right. I'm like, this has got to go faster this time. But but that is, it's there's always something that's, you know, mm -hmm. there to learn, be curious about. Yeah. So I think that we all realize the importance of that tipping point and taking that leap. But we know that that can also be feel really scary. And I know before we started the conversation, we were talking about this concept of. I just don't care. What if this thing comes up in my life and my, I feel I have to do it or my interest around it is like, oh, blah, whatever. You know, I just don't really care. And I feel that this is a really important part of taking the leap in the right direction because we can take a leap on our sanctuary journey towards something which is 
you know, worthy and um, going to benefit us because part of this is pretty selfish, right? The whole concept of sanctuary feels selfish, but it's actually not because what you do for you is obviously going to benefit and have ripple effects for everybody else. So I want to invite listeners just to make sure that that's, you know, that's parked over here. This concept of selfishness is parked. But what do we do if we come up against something when we've took the leap? So say we um, realise we need to leave this relationship. It's a good example because all of us have had to leave a relationship at some time in our lives or even had children leave, you know, that relationship's changed. So we are in a relationship, the relationship's changed and we've had to take the leap. And now we're in kind of this crossroads and one way might be, well, you can go down this way and the feeling is I don't, I just don't care, but I feel I should. And I could be going down the other way, which sounds a bit more interesting, but what if I do that? Because everyone will judge me or it's not the right thing. So what do we do around this concept of, like, I just don't care. Like these things come up in my life. You know, this is the direction I feel like I should be going, but my care factor around it's so goddamn low, I don't know whether I could be bothered. Somebody had, um, I had had a similar conversation. This would be some time ago now. And uh, a very wise woman that um, Helen, you and I both know and love said to me, maybe you just need to sit fallow. And I thought, really? We can do that? <laughs> we don't have to make a, a decision in this hot minute. And I don't have, and so I, I had to give that some serious thought, or actually maybe I didn't have to give it thought, but I just had to really absorb what that felt like because I think um, if we are approaching any sort of evolution, personal or in our home that we might need to sit fallow as in uh, uncultivated. We don't need to rip the house apart. We don't need to rip our lives apart. We don't need to quit our job. We don't need to do any of those things, but we just need to allow that time of, of rest or that time of, of allowing things to be as they are before we jump up and, or not jump up, stand up and take that step forward to doing whatever we're doing. So that sort of forget about it. I don't care what's happening. That sort of attitude. I, I think that that is part of the, the process that it's not a race, that sometimes we can feel that way and it's okay to feel that way. I believe anyways. I like that. I, um, because I don't, I don't do it at very, very rarely or not. It's like, I want to be you when I grow up because I like, I, I want to fix my way out of it. Um, but sometimes like for me, things, you know, again, I'm going to go back to the divorce just for whatever reason, that's very present at the moment. Um, and in that spot where I didn't care about anything, but I had two kids I had to take care of. So I needed to care. And, and so I brought, it's the play piece that came back in and the play is going to look different for everybody. But I, like, I didn't know what I liked. Like I had lost so much of me. And so I think part of the, the sanctuary journey is really, I mean, it's whatever practice you have to connect with yourself, to know yourself. And I was, I had put so much um, into this other person and whatever they liked, whatever they wanted, you know, like 
everything was um, outside of myself. And so then when I found myself alone, I was like, I don't, I don't know what I like. And so the process became um, flipping through magazines and seeing what color I liked. Well, I don't know what my favorite color was. And then I was like, oh, I can buy flower sheets. And I, I so much remember having these gorgeous purple flower sheets and I couldn't afford anything else, but I could buy new sheets and I didn't have to ask anybody, you know? So it was just, it was those tiny, sometimes I say the lowest hanging fruit, but it's just these little steps. Um, it was, it was buying a pretty teacup and I'm like, you know, at home goods. And I'm like, oh, I can, I can drink tea out of something pretty. So sometimes to get that unstuck and to start caring is making these tiny little, and for me, it was in my surroundings. But, mm -hmm. And that's really, and I think that's, a, oh, sorry, sorry guy. No, I think that's absolutely vital. But um, I think rather than putting all the pressure on oneself to go down the, the, the path of what will people think about me or um, I should do something, I'm not a huge fan of, of should at all. So it's that sort of, as you said, the crossroads where maybe, um, as I said, that you said fallow, or maybe as you said, Darina, your superpower is to, how do I fix my way out of this so I can choose my, my path? And I'm, and it's just, I think the, for me, the common denominator is being okay with whether we're going to fix our way to make that decision or just take a, you know, take a leap and go left or go right, or to allow yourself uh, to be present and sit for a moment before you make that decision, but love ourselves no matter what it is that we decide to do. <laughs> and I think that's the, the core of your, the sanctuary work is to, okay, I, I, this is where I am and I'm okay with that and I'm, and all is well. And it can change by the day, right? You know, one Absolutely. day it is, I, or by the minute or by the hour, like, okay, I'm going to sit now. <laughs> I've got to. Yeah. And I think what I'm hearing too, because Doreen, you're saying, you know, I want to work your way out of it. I'm a bit the same. I'm going to blame my Virgo moon for that. <laughs> I have the same Virgo moon. There's <laughs> <laughs> no surprise. Scorpio everywhere, but I've got a Virgo moon. So I'm sure that's the work its way out. But when it comes to like that laying fallow concept, I think that's really where the, the Scorpio comes in. And it's that beautiful balance between the masculine and the feminine and the giving ourselves permission, given we've lived in such a strongly masculine world to actually take time out. And I think the trick for that is how long will I give myself permission to lay fallow? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I, look, an hour might be all I need. I just need time away. I need to soak in the bathtub. I need, you know, a candle on and some essential oils and some lovely music and then oh, I'm done, right? That might be all I need. But laying fallow might actually be a year. It might be longer. It might be shorter. So it's, it's allowing that, bringing yourself back to that place of awareness and love for what is I, what is it I need mm -hmm. right now, um, and how, and it's not actually even knowing because that's that's me bringing my head in. How long do I have to be here in this space <laughs> before I'm fixed? <laughs> the clock um, gets turned on. Like okay, 
Maybe you wake up tomorrow and you feel the same as you did the next day. And that's where I think I've shared before the 31 days of sanctuary because that's where that came in because it was like, okay, I've laid fallow for so long in my head. It was a long time. It was probably quite a number of months actually. And it was like, I need to just start to shift this energy just a little bit. And so that's where, you know, I picked one thing a day over 31 days that brought me sanctuary and really started to connect with its vibration, its energy during the day. And they were everything from the simplest things like my pillow, because that might be where I need to be today, or a cup of tea or a good book or, you know, something that brought me joy, like singing or dancing. But allowing those beautiful touch points of sanctuary to bring me the love and the support whilst laying in the fallow so then I can come out on the other side and do the do and that's for me really that infinity symbol um sign as well and that beautiful ebb and flow Serena I know you've got this amazing kind of three-step process that you use in your work around this concept of simplicity I feel like that would be a beautiful thing for you if you're happy to share that with us yeah, so it starts, you know, it's, um, it's just when we want to shift the energy in our homes and how do, how do we do that? And so it's, um, it's always a three-step process. And the first is subtraction, um, decluttering, editing, whichever word you want to put with it. But it's like, what do you need to remove? So in order to have sanctuary, in order to have simplicity, in order to feel joy, in order to feel aligned with your space, you first need to get rid of what's not aligned. You need to let go of what's not serving you. And then, so I think, so again, that could be decluttering. That could be getting rid of the old, the clothes that don't fit or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you need to let go of. And then the next step is shifting. Like what, what's not in the right place. It doesn't mean I need to let go of it, but from a practical home perspective, um, I could have my son's backpack, you know, is lovely in the mudroom is, you know, great next to his desk where he does his homework. It's not so great, like thrown in my office, you know, so I don't need to declutter. I just need to shift it. I need to move something to another part of my life, another part of my home. And then what do I need to add? What do I need to bring in? So once I've removed things and once I've, um, I always have the Sesame Street song in my head of one of these things doesn't belong together. So that's, that's the shifting right now. Everybody's going to think about this all day long. Um, but once I've, I put apples with the apples, the oranges with the oranges, the bananas with the bananas and everything shifted in its right spot. Well, do I need to bring something in that I don't have? Um, do I need to bring music into my space? Do I need to bring a candle, essential oil? Like what is it that will um, uplift my soul, uplift my home soul? Yeah, so beautiful. I can That's see beautiful. how that relates to everything. It's a great starting point within our home and then having that beautiful ripple effect out into whether it is your body or your life um, as well I think that's amazing Sherry do you want to add something there as well well and that's the with the work that I'm doing with helping people with grief and, and grief can come from a, a host of different life experiences not just specifically death or divorce which are the two that are most commonly thought of and so there's a lot of heavy feelings, um, things that they wish would have happened or, or things that they wish they would have done differently. And all of those um, sort of are weighing heavy on one's heart and mind as they move forward. So that 
that's what I help people do to do as well is to really acknowledge the things that they wish had happened, wish that they had done differently or done done better, or that the in this case, if it's a relationship with someone that you know has passed on or that they've divorced or they're no longer in their lives, you wish that they had said something, did something, you know, sort of all that stuff that we sort of hold on to, but we really don't have an opportunity to express in a healthy and, and um, a way that helps you to move forward. So it's just as Darina saying, you know, some of it falls away. So the easily the subtraction part of the equation with the emotions that, you know, are, we, that don't sort of, we don't hang on to, we don't attach ourselves to. Sometimes it's a matter of making a shift, a shift in perspective or a shift in, um, yeah, perspective, I guess is the best way to surmise that. And also how can we communicate that? How can we, how can we feel that we've been heard or how, how can we feel that we've not so much closed the door because even though the relationship may have ended with death or divorce or in any other means, it's not so much about closure as we're common that, that we associate with grief that we want to create closure because really it, it would be like wiping our minds of ever having that experience or ever having that relationship or ever having that whatever it is and that of course is impossible but it's more about coming to a, you know a peaceful place so that when you think of that person or that experience or that job or whatever that it doesn't immediately sit you back down right that it feels lighter and we can, you know, still carry on, but we're not, not so not so much doing the two steps forward, one step back. So that of course is, it's practical in a sense because of, of working through the process of whatever loss that you've experienced. It's definitely emotional, 100% emotional, but it's also spiritual because it's, again, you're communicating that to, to your higher power and the and having that support and that unconditional love from the universe your higher power the energies and so on and so forth so yeah and oftentimes it didn't it's you know I, as i said in one of the previous things it's about letting some physical things go you know and, and darina you've shared that in, on a different round table about the importance of uh, when you got divorced about accumulating things or bringing things in that brought you joy that were not necessarily associated with that marriage or the ending of your marriage and so forth. So it's, it is, um, I guess, multifaceted as uh, that in that sense, just as sanctuary is. Yeah, definitely. And the word that was kind of coming to me then as you were talking, Sherry, was vibration. It's like shifting the vibration around how we feel about those things that have occurred in our lives yeah. so that we're not, as you said, you know, plonked straight back there when there's something that triggers that thought or that memory. So yeah. if we've rec recognised or realised there's some kind of pain or tipping point in our sanctuary journey or in our lives and then we have actually taken the leap 
and we've been, you know, working through the things we need to work through or doing the things that we need to do. I think we've already shared in this conversation that the journey never actually ends. We haven't kind of got to the end of the race and there's the finish line and, hey, we're done now and we can sit here with our pina colada on the beach and just while away the rest of our lives. I think we already know that there's going to be, you know, something that will come that needs our attention or something that we need to be focusing on continually so that we keep evolving and vibrationally moving through this century journey that we are on. I want to ask you ladies, and I'm very happy to share mine as well, because we always think there's something that we want to strive for on our sanctuary journey. And this isn't necessarily the end point. And I think this comes beautifully back to what you were talking, Sherry, about before is like, what is sanctuary really? Like, is it this external? Is it this internal? What is it? Um, and I know that there's something in your lives as there is something in mine where I just think, oh, that thing and it's not as if I get that thing I'm at the end of the race it's like that thing will help propel me to the next thing or move me forward on the next thing so I'm going to ask the question first and then I'll answer it because I'll give you ladies some time to think because I haven't asked you this question prior to coming on live <laughs> I want you to let your brain settle a bit but the question is what do you see in your sanctuary future that is like this big audacious goal, dream, passion, desire. So for me, and I can't even think whether I've shared this in a round table before or not, but for me, it's there's two visions I've had through the spiritual work that I've done. One is in this massive house it's about a three-story house and it feels like it's in the Hamptons it's on the beach clearly I've won a lot or something to afford this property <laughs> um, but there's a photo of our son and his family there's uh energy of a male in the house so you know partnership male um relationship male um there's a bookcase with books which all ones that I've written and then down on the beach is this circle where I meet with other witchy women and we do witchy work so that's one vision I've had and the other vision I've had I'll come back to that one the other vision I've had is the house on the hill with the view of the ocean and when I take both of those visions this is what I get the house on the hill with a view of the ocean is freedom the big house with the family photos and the male energy and the witchy work and the books is all of the energies that Helen desires, the beautiful, you know, supportive partner, the beautiful um, life that she sees for her family and having family close, the, the success, but also that really important part of me, which is that, you know, witchy spiritual energetic psychic side and having that community um, as part of that practical if you like because you know the the house and the books and the partner and the family practical but also emotional but also having that beautiful balance with the spiritual so even though um i well it's funny what to say i don't have those but the reality is i do i have freedom 
I have a supportive partner. I have a beautiful family. My son's obviously not married with children yet. He's only a teenager. <laughs> you know, I have that. And I have that beautiful support of the my spiritual community, you know, you ladies and, and other beautiful friends in, in my life. So I think that's a beautiful vibration to sit with because I might want, I don't necessarily want the big Hamptons house on the hill, but I'd love, it's not on the hill, it's on the ocean, but I love the vibration of what it gives me. And the house on the hill, I can actually nearly physically see that as a reality in my life. So they're kind of like my big dreams and desires, but I can already feel them now, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I hope that makes sense. So who wants to go first? Hopefully I've given you thinking time around. <laughs> it, one thing I'll say um... I don't know how, if I have a complete answer to your question yet, but one thing I can say is a lot of times, like I will have somebody who doesn't, like a client who doesn't know if they want to stay in a relationship or not, or they want a different home. And so it's like, I'm not going to do anything here. Or they'll say, yeah, I'm not going to do anything because I'm going to move. Or I, I don't know if I should to leave this relationship or which way it's going to go. And I'm always like, well, let's create your home to feel like the relationship you want to have. So, you know, from a feng shui perspective, let's look at the relationship area of your home. Let's look at your bedroom and let's create that space the way you want to feel in your relationship, even if it's not how you currently feel, because the energy is going to shift and it's either going to propel that person away or it's going to draw them closer. So I, I often think like, let's create things. Like we don't have to wait for the big house on the hill. Like how do you bring that in to your home right now? Because I think so often it's it's this hype dream or this thing in the future. It's like, well, how do I bring that feeling? If I want to live on the ocean, how do I bring that oceanic feel to my home? Is the colors, is it the artwork? Like, how do I create that now? Yes. And also looking at things like, for example, the ocean, what like the ocean for me isn't even necessarily the colors and everything, it's the cycles. Like, you know, today when I wake up, the ocean could be as calm as anything. And by the end of the day, it's crashing and burning. And it's really windy. And it's that, it's the shift in the change. And I think the, I mean, I only came to the realisation around those two um, visions that I've shared with you this year sometime. So I've known of those for ages and it's, been a matter of saying is that an external reality for me or is it the vibration that sits within the thing and do I already have that because I often think we do the separation of well I don't have the house on the hill with a view of the ocean I live in the middle of the city you know small block big house busy life right but do I have the freedom already that that gives me of course I live in Australia you know that's that's a big tick on the freedom box already, right? Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's a matter of saying. Sorry, Sherry, go. Um, feng shui, uh, a feng shui question I would ask you is, what is your ideal body of water? And so the I understand what you're saying about the ocean representing changes and you know low tide, high tide, crashing surf. But often I when I've asked people what they want the float of their life to be um, an ocean would be you know great depths or 
vast possibilities, especially if you're viewing it from the top of the hill, all you see is water. Up, and so that could be, you know, possibilities or ideas or creativity. So, and also the, the ocean is abundant with creatures and stuff. And there, there could be a lot, a lot of different ways to sort of look at, ocean, at the ocean as a, as a metaphor. And, but it also relates to your Hampton's house with all the books and, and, and the ocean and sort of that, but you've created a bit more of a, uh, an easy, uh, easy way to get to the water instead of being on top of the hill. So there could be, there could be a few ways to look at your, your, your vision of the, the ocean. Yeah, I love that. And I can definitely relate to the expansiveness because there's something for me, like I think I'd be, I'd love it if I went into Central Australia and there's just, it would be expansive and the sky would go on forever. Like there's something about that that just really draws me in. Sherry, have you freedom. got any, freedom, exactly. Have you got anything yeah. that's kind of in your awareness at the moment, which is on your sanctuary desire list that you can kind of already sense the pull, the vibration of it? Well, I've got two girls, as you as I'm not sure if I've mentioned or not, but one moved out last September, and um, my partner is working away from home, so it's just me and my youngest daughter here. And so today, as I was doing my spring cleaning, and we were able to gather with family um, on the weekend for uh, a quick visit, but also social distance and you know all the proper protocols. But as I decided to clean and sort of freshen up the spring clean my kitchen, I, I have a stack of things that I'm taking to, that I've been holding on to because when the girls move out, they may want to take this. And then I looked at the stuff and I thought, no, they don't. <laughs> no. So I, I'm sort of paring down in order for to be empty nest if that's what the the term is but to sort of you know minimize things sim simplify things and that feels good to me and I've been actually that has been my through line probably for the last six or more months easily oh longer that I'm just mm, no that I don't have room for that just making things more simple mm. so, so you can use like Darina's it. approach yeah You've given me like a second question to my vision. So that's because um, I have the house vision. I guess we're, we're all such house people, right? That that's where our vision goes to. And it was funny because we've been looking for a new house for a while. And there was a, prop, a piece of property that we talked about building a house on. And I was like, no, it, the coffee shop is to the left. And in my vision, I always go to the right to the coffee shop. So I don't think this is right. <laughs> But it's, it's this big white house and it's got like an old farmhouse that we've renovated and it has this big oak tree where my grandkids someday are going to, which all my kids are saying they're not having kids, but somehow I'm going to adopt grandkids that they get a climb and I have a she shed in the back, but it's funny. So now I want to think like you said, your vision and what they meant was the freedom and the, I'm like, oh, so what is mine? So I need to, there's a, another step there that is a fun query. Yeah. To, yeah and it really doesn't. Yeah. Sorry, sir, I keep interrupting you. No, no, no. No, I was I was gonna say I don't have a house vision right now because I I love where I live and I don't see 
us me changing house where I live unless I move someplace other than here. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. What I was going to say was that it's it's a very much how I see intentions, Darina. Like we we often think, well, this is what I want. I go, well, what's it above that? So it's kind of like, and that's what I'm saying. It took me ages. Like those two visions have been in my awareness for a long time, like years, 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 probably up to 10 years or more. And so it was only this year sometime where it was, where it landed, that it wasn't actually necessarily the physical space. It was the vibration and the energy of what my soul essence needs. It's not even, like I could be in a tent in the, you know, middle of somewhere. And as long as it's got that concept of freedom, family, community, spiritual connection, love, happy days. So it's, I, I always say to people when they share with me their intentions, what's it's above it? Because we go, I think, and this is, you know, Virgo moon, head girl, we go from the head and then we go, well, what's the heart actually telling us? Um, and it could be something totally different or it could be the vibration that sits you know, above that as well. Simplicity came back for me again because my vision is you wake up and you get on your bike and you ride down the street to the coffee shop and it's, it's back to simplicity and peace. And as long as you're turning right, that's all that matters. (laughs) Got to turn right for whatever reason. I go out of my driveway to dirt driveway and I go to the right. Uh, This has been such a gorgeous conversation. I really do appreciate you ladies sharing your time, effort, energy, beauty, love, all of it over these last four roundtable conversations. Listener, we still are playing with this concept. We don't really know where we're going, but we do know that there will be more times when the three of us come together, whether that's on the podcast or whether that's over on Clubhouse. So please make sure that you are following all three of us, whether that's on social media or via our mailing lists as well, because we'll definitely be sharing more information with you once we know how this is you know progressing moving forward so drina can you please just remind people where they can find you yes my website is spacedoula.com so s-p-a-c-e-d-o-u-l-a.com i'm on facebook um, as space doula and instagram space underscore doula perfect and i'll put the links in the show notes as well so people can go straight there sherry uh sherrytrentini.com and Sherry Trentini creating space on Facebook and Sherry Trentini, so original <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> so thank you. This has been amazing, Helen and Darina. I love spending time with you ladies, even virtually, is that's what we can get. It has been beautiful and very heartlifting for me. I know that it's it's not common for me to be able to sit in circle in space with two other amazing women and just have these kind of conversations. You know, I have them all the time, but to be able to sit with ladies I know and love who are across the oceans, thank you, Zoom, for making it happen. <laughs> exactly. 
as well. And obviously Sherry's links are in the, the show notes as well. So um, stay tuned, head on over to the Helen Joy Butler website and grab the Sanctuary Starter Kit and join us in the Sanctuary Inner Circle if you're not already there. But until next time, take care and much love.